Welcome to Pod Ventures in Odyssey. I'm Emily. And I'm Tatiana. Every week, we re-listen to an episode of Adventures in Odyssey, then sit down to recap and discuss. We are going in album order, and today we are in an episode in album six that was not in the album that we listened to on our first re-listen mm-hmm. back in like 2018. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, we, we used to say, oh, back when we listened last year, but that's no longer true. <laughs> it's been It's been a long, long time now. But yeah, it's crazy. It's the way that the albums, um, like the physical albums of cassette tapes, the way that those worked, Heatwave didn't make it into the original album six. And uh, the way that I listened to it as a kid was because it was part of the like mystery anthology. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yep. Yeah. So uh, when we listened to the whole series, like start to finish, we we missed this one, and I didn't remember missing it. So. You know, how many Odyssey episodes are you supposed to, like, remember off the top of your head when you're going through it? There's, like, 600 of these that we're (laughs) planning on doing. I think it's, I think it's perfectly reasonable to have missed one. Very. Are we, when are we gonna make our 100th episode? Oh, no, I don't know. Maybe already. Maybe including bonus episodes already. What's, what's 6 times 12? 72. Oh, so not already. So not quite already. Will it happen in album 9? Yeah, because 9 is 108. That's 9 times 12 is 108. Uh-huh. Yeah, it'll happen in album 9. That's cool. So we're a ways off, actually. Mm-hmm. It feels like we've done 100 of these. <laughs> Might as well have. But here we are. We're doing Heatwave. This is exciting. This is a fun and silly episode. I loved it. Yeah, because it's kind of your first impression a little bit. This is my first impression of the episode. I, I gotta say, like... The detective genre mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love a good detective story, and I love the whole aesthetic of, like, pulpy noir fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and that's this whole episode. Totally. It's, yeah, it's fun whenever a show that isn't normally like that just, like, does an episode of this content. But another thing that I like that we'll, we'll touch on later, though, is that this also, like, picks up a character thread and follows it through from previous episodes. Yeah, this is a character I did not expect to see again. I don't think we see him again after this either. I don't think so. It's also building on character development for Jack, which mm-hmm. is cool. But yeah, more on that later. Should we should we start with our Chris intro? Chris is telling us what the status quo is for the summer day. It's slow, it's hot, and it's one of those days when your imagination can get you into all sorts of trouble. Like, oh yeah, you know those kinds of days, right, guys? I don't know about you, but on a hot day, I would be useless. Yeah, I don't think of a hot day as being a day where, like, trouble is a brewin'. No, that's a day when, uh, you go a poolin'. <laughs> trouble is a poolin'. Well, Jack's gonna tell us all about it in his own special way, so yep. get ready, kids. <laughs> his own special way. His own special way involves an accent, which is something that I did not pick up on as a kid, but he's very much putting on an accent. What accent is it? Is it New York? It's his attempt is at it like a vaguely, yes, something vaguely not your, I don't know. It's like the 40s accent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's his attempt at a private eye accent. Good on you, kid who played Jack. It's not very good, but he did it. I think that is definitely fine, considering <laughs> this is a kid. Yes, it, it's very fun. And he only does it when he's doing voiceover. He is not putting on this accent throughout all of their escapades. Thank goodness. Yeah. 
But it, it kind of, well, the, the thing that it does is it makes it so that you can see, like, this is how he sees himself in his head when he's narrating. But it's not actually the way that he is, like, behaving towards the people around him. No. In his head, he is the central figure of a noir detective film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he, he starts off with some narration. I, I don't, I didn't trace all of his narration throughout this, like, in my notes, but it's, like... It's the very stereotypical introduction that, like, a private eye might give to, like, ah, the city, my small town, and the place where I live, and the people that I see, and it's hot. It is summer. The weather is hot. Too hot. My dad explains it as a condition when a weather front stalls because there isn't enough arctic current to push it on. My dad talks like that sometimes. Watches too much TV. The kids on the street have a different name for this kind of weather. We call it a heat wave. The other funny thing that Jack says in this is about, you know, people think he's a great detective, but he prefers to think of himself as just an average gumshoe who happens to be exceptionally brilliant. (laughs) Jack! So he finds himself in his office, which is his front porch, with Oscar, his sidekick, and they are very bored. And I felt that this was a really funny juxtaposition from, like, his narration to mm-hmm. reality, mm-hmm. in which they're just like, so what do you want to do today? Like, I don't know. What do you want to do today? Mm. I don't know. You think of something. I always think of something. Mm, you don't think of anything. Yeah, like, being these, like, whiny kids to each other. <laughs> and then eventually Jack's like, enough of this clever banter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because in the periphery... A kid, whistling, mm-hmm. is walking by, carrying an armload of lumber. And a knapsack. Mm-hmm. What could be more mysterious? <laughs> Jack decides, basically, <laughs> that this is mysterious. And and they make comment on it that Jack has seen him around, he's seen him at wit's end, and is very curious now as to, like, what is this kid's deal? He, like, comes this way every week heading into the woods with his knapsack and his armload of lumber. Or, or every day. Oh, every day? Mm-hmm. Didn't Oscar say something about seven days ago? No, he's like, oh, he's been coming by this way for about a week. For about a week. Maybe even seven days. That's right. So it is consistent. It has become a pattern now. And Oscar's instinct is like, maybe it's none of our business. What if? <laughs> what if What if Jack? What if Jack? <laughs> Have you considered, though? Have you considered that it's none of our business? And Jack takes a very hard opposite stance to this, which is actually this child is inviting our curiosity by walking past us with a knapsack and an armload of lumber. Let's follow him. Yeah. And Oscar is like, oh no, you can't follow people unless you're like part of the government or something. (laughs) (laughs) Culture. Uh Uh-huh. Jack is having none of it. Yeah, we're detectives. Or rather, like, I'm a detective and you're my sidekick. So come with me. We'll use sheer cunning, a keen sense of direction, and all of those things I learned from the Boy Scouts mm-hmm. to traverse these woods. Yeah, smash cut to them being completely lost in the woods. Jack, like, he's near. I can sense it. <laughs> and Oscar, like, I want to go home. And Jack's like, no, we're gonna do it. We can do this. Yeah, and Oscar lists, like, what we don't know who he is, where he went, why he came here in the first place, or what he's doing here. Or how to find him. Mm-hmm. Minor details. <laughs> yeah, minor details, says Jack. I was like, well, that's literally, like, everything that it would take to know. Although, I mean, Jack does do a little bit of, like, actual good detective work here, which is saying, like, okay, look, the lumber, like, where does the lumber come from? Uh, trees? suggests Oscar. (laughs) Yes. 
Well done, Oscar. And Jack says, well, that's why you're the sidekick. <laughs> like, Oscar was just being literal. And he, uh, Jack, Jack says, well, it's either coming from this kid's house or from the hardware store. And Oscar is like, that's what I was going to say next. And so they're off to Mr. Watson's Lumber Emporium. Mm-hmm. We have another Jack voiceover talking about what it's like to be a detective. Sometimes I don't think Oscar really understands what it takes to be a great detective. It's not all danger, excitement, and water balloon fights. There's the late nights when a glass of iced tea is your only companion, the lonely stakeouts chewing stick after stick of gum, and the endless waiting until you're old enough to get a driver's license. He goes off on some weird tangent in the middle of his voiceover, Mm -hmm. where he talks about how he hates fractions. Yeah, he goes really deep into math. (laughs) Algebra's alright. Geometry's okay. But you gotta know the angles. Right. And the angles are... (laughs) Yeah, speaking of angles, here we are at the hardware store. So they go into the hardware store, and Mr. Watson, this guy, is immediately like, okay, so you're playing detective then? And Jack is like, wow, how did you know? Is it my cool but determined exterior? It's like, no, it's the fact that you're wearing a trench coat in, like, 100 degree weather, Jack. So they start asking Mr. Watson, like, hey, does this kid come in here? Like, have you seen this kid, like, with a knapsack? Does he buy lumber from you? And Mr. Watson is like, oh, how do you know about that? Elementary, Mr. Watson. And we have a very loud buzzer in response to this that frightened me in real life. I was like, where is that sound coming from? I did not realize it was from the episode. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's suddenly very incongruous with the rest of the soundscape that's going on. And uh, Jack and Oscar are also startled by it and they're like, what is that? And Mr. Watson goes, oh yeah, that's my bad joke buzzer. I'm selling them. For nine ninety five. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. I did not hear that correctly when it was first said and I thought he said badge out buzzer and I'm like who on earth needs to badge out to such a loud sound yeah, you need to know when your employees are coming and going <laughs> but this okay so we'll we'll get into it this secretly this is actually the most interesting and important part of this entire episode that you know it might derail our entire discussion but uh-huh. put a put a pin in this we will return to it again in this very scene uh, so, ha ha ha, he made a, a silly joke, Mr. Watson, detective, and then bad joke buzzer. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to find out this kid's name. Right, That's, right. like, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Watson doesn't know. All that Mr. Watson knows is this kid comes in, buys wood, and leaves. To which Oscar is like, why does he buy leaves? They're free in the woods. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, sorry. See, the bad joke buzzer is like a running thing in this scene. And then it it goes on because it's like, so he pays cash up front and Mm -hmm. Jack's like, up front? Yeah, that's where the checkout stand is. (laughs) Nice. And the bad joke buzzer goes off for this. All right, here's where we should pick up this pin. Uh Uh-huh. Because we've had now, this is like the third time that the bad joke buzzer goes off. The first time for Jack, the second time for Oscar, and the third time for Mr. Watson. I very much assumed up to this point that Mr. Watson was pressing the bad joke buzzer to be like, you guys made a bad joke, you know, like deliberately pressing the button. Uh Uh-huh. However, the buzzer goes off when Mr. Watson makes that joke and he delivers just like a tiny little line that changes everything. (laughs) Maybe I should turn that thing off. Heavily implying that this thing is not actually operated by a button, but rather that it is listening to every word that is said and determining whether or not a bad joke has just been made. This is insane. 
Now here's my question. Did Mr. Whitaker design these? Absolutely, Mr. Whitaker designed these. <laughs> this this goes right hand in hand with the fact that Mr. Whitaker invented like hyper-realistic, immersive virtual reality in the 1980s. He also invented, with, like, you know, the AI that can talk to you, Mabel. Uh-huh. And he's also now, he's invented, like, a sentient listening device that has the capacity not only to understand human speech, but to determine the nuances of humor and whether or not it's a joke, but, like, whether or not <laughs> it's a bad joke. Okay, but here's the thing. Whether or not a joke is bad is entirely subjective, because depending on the culture that you're coming from, a joke may be better received. So we can only assume that this is tuned to, like, a very specific sense of humor, Mm -hmm. like a very specific regional North American sense of Mm -hmm. humor, in which jokes that are play on words specifically... Are bad. Okay, now we've actually touched on something really interesting that this episode is not trying to teach us, but that is like 100% the case, which is that we oftentimes assume that electronic systems and like, you know, things like facial recognition Mm -hmm. and all these different technologies that they're unbiased, but computers do whatever you tell them to do. So if you tell a computer like these jokes are bad jokes, the computer only has your word to go off of. And it's like a very subtle thing, but it very much affects like a lot of people throughout the world. Like, mm-hmm. and it, I'm not just talking about like facial recognition, but it's like got to do with like computers that analyze like say resumes. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you're a huge corporation, you don't necessarily have a human being who looks at individual resumes. There might be a computer system that you tell it what criteria to analyze on the resumes. And then it weeds people out. But your system is designed by a human being. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you might get really good candidates that are being weeded out because the person who programmed the resume reading algorithm, you know, had their own biases, which may or may not be a sinister thing. It might be, you know, just like something they weren't aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew this was going to go this direction in this episode? Also, to to kind of get in more into like the facial recognition thing, Mm because I don't know if our audience is necessarily aware of this, Mm -hmm. but like more recently, it's been discovered that like as facial recognition becomes a more important part of how our society operates, certain people groups, their faces are not universally recognized by Mm -hmm. facial recognition software. Mm -hmm. And we kind of figured out that it's because all the samples that they were given were from very specific, like, demographics. demographics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, people with darker skin, people who are older, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are not as easily recognizable by facial recognition software. Yeah, and it's not because their faces are not human faces. It's because the software was taught using data that humans gave it. Mm -hmm. And the humans that gave it the data, like, forgot to give it a good sample of what, like, you know, humans in the world look like. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very interesting. <laughs> wow, I'm glad you took it there with the, you know, quote-unquote bad joke. Because exactly, <laughs> it's completely subjective. It's based on whoever programmed this buzzer to decide, like, what the bad joke is. Mm-hmm. It's still absolutely wild to me that this isn't just a buzzer that somebody presses. Yeah, also, it's only nine ninety five. Yeah, you see, that goes also right in hand with, you know, Mr. Whitaker definitely invented this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Whitaker made the Imagination Station free for children. Uh-huh. Not saying that Mr. Whitaker made an unethical choice by designing a bad joke buzzer. Right. Because I think it is a pretty silly, harmless device. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just that it points to, like, a greater conversation about 
the way that we think of technology yeah, as the being way that unbiased. We, exactly, being unbiased, where in fact technology has the exact biases of the people who create it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Wow, who knew there would be <laughs> who knew there would be a road to that tangent today? Uh, let me see if I can f- even find where we are in the story at this point. Uh, they were turning off the bad joke buzzer. <laughs> right. And, uh, okay, Mr. Watson now pivots to being like, hey, so, like, why are you interested in this, Jack? Jack's like, would I go to all this trouble if it wasn't important? Oh, yeah. Yes. 100%. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Mr. Watson's like, well, just don't let your imagination run away from you, Okay. And then I think there's one last key detail in this scene is that he's like, oh, hey, there is one thing that I do know about this kid, and it's that he mentioned a project called Wonderworld. 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 Is this the... This is the birth of Wonderworld. This is the Wonderworld origin episode. <gasps> I always wondered where Wonderworld <laughs> came wondered from. wondered about world? <laughs> yes. Now you know. Uh, yeah, that that's the end. So, so Jack did get, like, one little clue in here, if you can call it that. I mean, we'll get into whether or not it's a clue later. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> They're off to wit's end. Uh, Jack, in voiceover, tells us, you know, what it's like to be a detective, and that you must have the place where you hang out, and for him and Oscar, it's wit's end. They're getting their lemonades. Mm-hmm. And uh, he decides to greet Robin oh. the way that detectives greet women. Oh, no. <laughs> Where Oscar's like, hi, Robin, and Jack is like, hi, a doll face. What's happening? She's like, you're damaged face if you don't call me by my real name. Yeah, very, very Robin. And Jack immediately apologizes, and Robin immediately forgives him. Very in character for both of them. Mm-hmm. And Oscar, not reading the room at all, is like, we're trying to learn this kid's name. Do you know him? <laughs> Oscar subtly being a better detective than Jack by just, like, straightforwardly asking questions. Yeah, Jack is like, it's a big secret, Oscar. Can't say that. It's a case. (laughs) But uh, Robin is like, oh, yeah, that kid, I don't know his name, but, like, everybody knows about him because he's here all the time. And, you know, you're talking about that kid with the the knapsack and the arm full of lumber? Jack is like, oh, my gosh, yes. Wait, does he come to Wit's End with the lumber? I think people see him wandering around with the lumber. I don't know if he comes to Wit's End with it, but... Okay. Um, basically, this big secret case that Jack has been working on turns out to be a thing that, like, everybody is curious about. Jack's a little bit miffed that he's mm-hmm. he's not, like, the only one who knows. Yeah. And that it isn't really a big secret in his own little case that he's been working. Right. I would think that you would be glad to know that you're the one working on the mystery, though. Yeah. Because nobody knows anything. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, yeah, I guess Jack wanted to have, like, a cool secret going on. Sometimes it'd be like that when you're a kid. Yeah, sometimes it do be that way. <laughs> Robin also does a better job of being a detective than yeah. Jack by being like, well, okay, so we've seen this kid in the library, which means that he checks out books, which means that he has written his name on the checkout log. And Jack gives such a backhanded compliment. Oh my gosh. He's like, not so bad for a girl. Yeah, he, like, really emphasizes the for a girl part also. It's like, oh my goodness, we've talked before about these, like, 80s gender wars. Uh-huh. Some silliness. So they they off to the library, and they look in the log, and they recognize all the names except for the initials DD. Also, this is a side note, but Eugene is the only one who signed his full name. <laughs> of course. So, so D.D. has checked out a book by Mr. Whitaker called A Guide to Learning Through Your Imagination. That's a fun title for a, a book. Yeah. It's a very Mr. Whitaker-y sort of book to oh, have written. definitely. 
And uh, immediately everybody jumps to the conclusion, okay, so this kid is building his own imagination station then. Oh, clearly. I mean, what else could it possibly be? <laughs> hey, when I was 10, I thought that I could construct a hoverboard and even employed my next door neighbor to, mm -hmm. like, cut one out of wood for me. Mm -hmm. So What was your, well, continue that thought process. How was it going to hover? I was new to the internet, but researching about uh, magnetic fields mm -hmm, around the earth, mm -hmm. and I was like, surely there is a way that I could create something that would, like, repel the magnet of the earth, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Strong enough for you to, like, stand on it and hover. <laughs> and I was gonna strap a fan to the back to, like, propel you mm -hmm. forward. By the power of magnets. By the power of magnets, that was my plan. Wonderful. But anyway, Jack... Mm -hmm. Yeah, once they reach this conclusion... <laughs> He's through with thinking. It's time for action. Dun-dun-dun. That's the mid-episode. Coming back from it, we have more Jack voiceover talking about, like, clues. We've got the clues. I think the clues are literally just, like, the knapsack and lumber they saw him with, mm -hmm. and the fact that he's building a place called Wonderworld. Right, with the use of some book about imagination. And he is also, he's on a walkie-talkie with Oscar... Oscar is outside the lumber store. I don't know why Jack isn't also outside the lumber store. There's no real reason for them to be on walkie-talkies with each other, other than, like, I remember being a kid and getting to play with walkie-talkies, and it does definitely incentivize you to, like, separate, uh -huh. even when not necessary. <laughs> I mean, walkie-talkies are just such a fun toy. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can talk to this person from a distance? Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that, and it's like, that's like basically what a phone is now that we're adults. Uh -huh. Why is a walkie-talkie more fun? I feel like maybe the thing is, like, our phones are so advanced that they can be anything, but the walkie-talkie, like, forces you to talk to people. <laughs> walkie-talkie is only one of the things. It lets you walkie and it lets you talk. Yep. <laughs> you can walkie and you can talkie, too. The reason why it matters that Oscar is in front of the hardware store is for one thing, because like it makes sense they're gonna try to tail the kid, and for another thing, he says 10-4, and Jack is like, no, it's like quarter after, and the bad joke buzzer goes off in the background. <laughs> why? Why? It's so sensitive, it's listening to their conversation. It can hear him through the walkie-talkie. It knows. It senses the jokes. Should we acknowledge the mysterious phone call that just happened, or...? We can. <laughs> okay. Uh, one mysterious phone call later, we are back to recording Podventures. Let's see, there's one other, like, joke thread in this scene, which is uh, Jack being like, don't yell or he'll hear you, and Oscar being like, what? Don't yell! And then Oscar is like, Jack, be quiet or he'll hear you. <laughs> womp womp. Wah, wah. They, they, they do the 10-4 joke again, and then cut to Oscar is tailing the kid, and Jack is, like, going to find them. Very inefficient. Mm-hmm. Well, Jack was supposed to be waiting on his porch for them to walk by, and then he would join them, but he mm -hmm. got impatient, so... <laughs> oh, excellent. He, like, finds them in the woods or something. I don't know. I was not paying attention to blocking in that part. Uh-huh. And this is another great joke. It is. This is a great joke and a kind of like meta joke that Odyssey almost never does in this particular way. Mm-hmm. Because it's like world breaking a little bit. Just, just slightly. Because they're following the kid and you can hear like the loud crunching of mm -hmm. leaves and Jack's like, Oscar, be quiet. Come on. And then the leaves crunching gets quieter. And Jack is like, how did you do that? Sound effects. Then quietly, 
Much better. How did you do that? Sound effects. Now, I know that this is like a detective noir episode <laughs> and that silly things can happen, but it's like typically that kind of joke in Odyssey at least gets couched inside of some kind of framing device. Yeah, like when we think back to Magic Guy, right? All the jokes in there were clearly part of just the story that was being told. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense because this is a story that Jack is telling. It would have made a lot more sense if it was couched within Jack's retelling, but it's not. It's couched within like, this is the diegetical world of Odyssey. And it's like, well, you basically just had an actual Odyssey character acknowledge that actual Adventures in Odyssey is an actual radio show. <laughs> I don't know if that ever happens again. I don't think so. Not in like a real diegetical episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they press on until the mystery kid stops and they hide in a bush. Mm-hmm. Well, they hear the mystery kid doing some weird stuff. Like, it sounds like he's having a fight, but there's nobody there. He's using a tree branch as a sword. Oscar is, like, freaked out by this. He's like, what if this kid is crazy? And Jack is like, this is, this is not something to be frightened of. Like, he's weird, sure, but I'm not scared of him. And they basically just, like, wait until the kid moves on. And then Jack is like, let's follow him. And Oscar is like, no, I'm scared. And Jack is like, we're not gonna lose him. Let's go. And they continue following him. Until Oscar steps into a hole. Right. And they're like, well, what the heck? Oscar falls in the hole and breaks his walkie-talkie. Jack falls in the hole and gets mud on his trench coat. And then the kid appears in front of them. You've fallen into my moat exactly as I planned. <laughs> like, this is not a moat. This is like a tiny hole in the ground. No, you are knights from an evil realm. <laughs> yeah, and Jack is like, I am not actually an evil knight from an evil realm. I am just like a kid and this is not a moat. Like, this is weird and dumb. And Oscar is sad about his walkie-talkie and Jack is sad about getting mud on his trench coat. And uh, they're trying to get like, okay, like, who the heck are you? And this kid is like, I'm a wizard. Madrigal is his name. Mm -hmm. And Jack is like, that's like, absolutely not. And then this kid just, like, sighs and is like, you guys are, like, slow on the uptake, aren't you? It's pretend, guys. Come on. Yeah, like, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, guys. Some kids have no imagination. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so Oscar and Jack are kind of like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, that, that lines up. <laughs> and Jack and Oscar ask, like, who are you anyways? Guess who it is, audience? It is Digger Digwillow, the Imagination Station kid. Digger Digger Digwillow? Yeah. Ha ha ha. And Digger is like, okay, that, yeah, that joke gets around. That was a joke repeated many times in his first episode. As he goes, Digger. Digger Digwillow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Classic. Bond. James Bond. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he asks them, like, okay, like, if you were curious about me, like, why didn't you just, like, ask me at any point? Like, I would have told you. You're right. And Jack is like, oh, I did not think of that. You didn't, Jack? It did not ever occur to you to do the Oscar thing and just, like, go up and talk to this kid, right? They're like, well, what are you doing out here? Yeah, like, tell us, like, we've heard this the whole thing about, like, Wonder World and all that stuff, like, this big secret. What is it? And Digger tells them about, like, well, here's why I come out here, like a weird loner. And it's because I want to use my imagination properly, like Mr. Whittaker was teaching me how to do this. And, uh, you know, there is a way to use your imagination well, which is, you know, not to let it run away with you, but to use it to be creative and to help people. And I had an experience in the imagination station that taught me how to do this. And I met Jesus and it made a huge impact on my life. 
And so, like, ever since then, like, I come out here to exercise my imagination well and play and have fun. But no one else is interested in doing it the same way I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why he's satisfied being the weird loner kid. And, uh, so there's still the question of Wonderworld, though, and he tells them, like, if you want to know about Wonderworld, just look up. And they do, and it's a treehouse. They gasp. A beautiful treehouse? Like, how did this kid build a treehouse on his own that is, like, safe to use? <laughs> Lumber. <laughs> Lumber and a knapsack. <laughs> and, you know, the, the thing about it that gets me is, I mean, Jack is, like, so wrapped up in trying to be a detective that he is actually disappointed to see this rad treehouse, where I'm like, I cannot ever imagine being disappointed to see a treehouse. I know. I'm like, dude, that's a pretty cool discovery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, they're like, oh, it's a treehouse. And Digger is like, no. No, it's not a treehouse. It's like a pirate ship. It's a castle. It's like all these different things. It's a cabin. It's headquarters for secret agents. Mm-hmm. It's anywhere where good fights evil and wins. But Jack just can't get past his disappointment. Yeah. He's like, man, I thought this was going to be something big and secret. Nope, just something super cool, Jack. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Digger is like, I, you know, the reason why I haven't had anybody else out here is because I like, I want friends who can be as creative as me and like also play with imagination. So like, how about it, Oscar? What do you see? And Oscar is like, ooh, I see a hideout from Nazi soldiers. I gotta take it to World War II right away. Yep. And Jack is like, I just see some wooden nails. And Digger's all disappointed. He's like, just like on that island Robinson where the Crusoe. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hooray. And uh, so they, they run off to go play with the treehouse. And Jack is like, just give me a second. I'm going to ditch this trench coat. I have a feeling it's going to slow me down. Hey, character development. Hey, character development. Nice symbolism with the trench coat thing. Not that there's anything wrong with wearing trench coats, but you know. Maybe not in a heat wave. Yeah, maybe actually, though. <laughs> Might get heat stroke. Yeah, good point. Uh, Chris tells us from Second Timothy one yes, seven. That's the one. Um, just about like you know using your imagination well and controlling your imagination and not the other way around. Yeah. Nice summary. Also, like this is what I was talking about. Like it's so nice to see Digger again. Like and his character development when mm-hmm. he started out. Uh, his introductory episode was the Imagination Station Part One and Two. Yeah. And he has an adventure and he starts it out being very very anti the whole experience. And now, like, we saw that it had an effect on him, but now we see it's had a lasting effect on him. Mm-hmm. Because he was very mm-hmm. anti-imagination, wasn't he? Yeah, basically. He just didn't see how it could be entertaining or, like, a good thing at all, really. Mm-hmm. But now he's all about imagination. Mm-hmm. Which is really sweet and fun. And then, on the other hand, what I really like is, remember Jack's last run-in with his own imagination running away with him? Mm-hmm. That was a rough episode. He, like, almost ruined a family's day. Or he did ruin a family's day. Yeah. Actively ruined it. Ended Mm -hmm. up at a police station. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, got a dude in, like, almost in trouble with the police. And uh, an innocent person, worth pointing out. Yeah. And he did it all based on, like, no evidence whatsoever. Purely just imagining that something bad was happening and then running with that idea. He does like to investigate things. He does. And I remember, like, that episode is frustrating and it's like, okay, like, you hope that this kid learns his lesson. But this is, like, the nice thing about Odyssey is that they don't just give a kid, like, a one-and-done lesson. They oftentimes, like, they show just how people take multiple experiences to have lasting character development. Mm -hmm. And even if you progress on something, like, 
you know, there are many different manifestations of this. And it's like, this is more innocent for sure than the last time that Jack did this kind of investigating. Yep. But it's like, it's just showing how it's like breaking down that unhealthy part of his imagination one more step. Because mm-hmm. it seems like one of the big things for him was he had trouble separating reality from what was all just going on in his own imagination. Mm-hmm. And it feels like maybe with Digger and Oscar, he's hopefully going to learn how to like exercise his imagination in a way where it isn't he isn't like misconstruing it as reality right constructive rather than destructive and yeah under his own control Mm -hmm. or if you let it run away with you and you like can't separate it from reality then that is out of control but if you're doing it for fun like to play with your friends that ought to be within your control yeah it's like when you're on the playground as a kid and you all like play on the playset and pretend that it's a ship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're sailing in the seas and like someone's standing at the wheel and they're the captain and then mm-hmm. it's like you all know that you're making believe <laughs> yeah. it's like you know this isn't a boat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's not something that is like against somebody else also because like yeah. jack failed to think of like the repercussions for the people that he was targeting with his imagination mm-hmm Thankfully, there, like, weren't any repercussions with this kid, Digger. I guess it's, like, more like the negative space around it, which is that he didn't ask Digger his name and, like, didn't get to know him as a person. He just, like, followed him around. Yeah. Whereas he could have just, like, gone up to this kid and said, I'm so curious what you've been doing with your knapsack and armload of lumber. Can I hang out with you? (laughs) That might have been a much healthier thing to do. And then he and Digger could have been friends for, you know, earlier on. Yeah. So it's not just about the people that you negatively affect, but it's about, like, the opportunities that you miss, maybe, as well. Yeah. Jack, because he's making up his mind about other people before he's even gotten to know Mm -hmm. them, and then is just, like, running with that impression, Mm -hmm. like, he misses the opportunity to make meaningful connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of neat. It's, like, the first episode where Jack does this imagination running away, we see how it can, like, hurt somebody actively, but now we see how it, like puts distance between him and somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good observation. Do you have any other final thoughts about all this? My only final thought is that Digger and Jimmy would be great friends. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen Jimmy in a while. I know. I miss him. Where is he? But Jimmy is known for, like, using his imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. I'm like, ma'am, if only these kids would meet. Yeah. But alas, I feel like this is the last Digger episode. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't think I have any final thoughts. I think the thoughts that we had earlier in this episode <laughs> were already went far beyond what I had anticipated us talking about. <laughs> we we looked at discussion questions for this episode and thought, um, I don't know, I don't know. They they don't really serve us in this instance. No. Um. And so yeah, go check them out yourselves if you are so inclined, audience. Tell us your final thoughts and or your answers to the discussion questions. You can do that by emailing us at podventuresandodyssey at gmail.com or you can start a thread about it on our Reddit, r slash podventuresandodyssey. For some reason, I felt like there was like a third way to get in contact with us, but... I mean, there is. You knock on a random door. That's right. You can knock on a random door. It's not the phone call thing because as we've established, you cannot call us on the phone. (laughs) Call us on a walkie-talkie. Set it to a random channel. I wonder if that random phone call we got earlier. <gasps> what if it wasn't spam? <gasps> it was a fan. <laughs> Make our dreams come true. Please talk to us. Um, <laughs> join us next time for uh, the episode Elijah, 
very fun. Yeah. Until then, thank you for joining us on today's Podventure in Odyssey. Catch you later, cat's paws. Is, is he in black and white? Where's that wind coming from? We're in a basement. Wherever I go, the wind follows. And the wind, it smells like rain. My name is Peter Parker. In my universe, it's 1933, and I'm a private eye. I like to drink egg creams, and I like to fight Nazis. A lot. Sometimes I let matches burn down to my fingertips just to feel something, anything. 